0: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November the 22nd, 2011. For newcomers, you should help yourselves to the audios, which are free for download at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll see all the sites listed there. These are all the sites I have. Anything outside of those sites listed there is not mine, even if my name is on it. But uh, you'll find that uh, all the sites listed have audios. They all have transcripts in English as well for print-up. And if you want to go into Alan Sentinel dot Sentinel.eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages to choose from. Number two, you are the audience that bring me to you. So if you want to hear a different version of things and a bit of the history of the big system that runs the world, it's a big plan. It's an old, old plan. It's ever going. And uh, we live through big changes which are planned long before we are born. And you'll find everything eventually is planned that way. Even the wars we're going through now and the ones to come are all planned way in advance. And I give the documentation too and the names of the groups that actually form the society that runs the world and puts guys into politics, presidents as well, prime ministers, and, of course, the global agenda. Uh, Not only the global agenda, it's no matter of just saying, oh, we conquered the world, it's ours now. It's also to do with a scientific society. They bring in a planned society where eventually, only those who are certified to have children will get to have children, and those who are not, who are deemed unfit genetically or otherwise, simply will be sterilized and allowed to die off. H.G. Wells talked about it too in one of his books, Modern Utopia, a long time ago. That's what they do with most of them, just sterilize them and let them just die off, and then you're left with the ones that you actually permit to go ahead, the better types, the ones who are more into being sustainable and uh, loving each other, etc., etc., so, help yourself to all of the information that they say at There's hundreds and hundreds of audios. Make use of them while you can. Who knows how long they'll stay up or get pulled or whatever, because there are so many laws getting ramped right through right now that it might might all just go in a, in a day or so. You just never know when. It could be very, very sudden. And it's all free, so as I say, make use of it. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can support me by buying the books and discs at com. Personal checks are good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, international postal money orders are good from your post office, some people send cash or you can use PayPal as well it's all on cutting through com on how to do it across the world, your Western Union MoneyGram and once again PayPal and remember two straight donations are certainly welcome because as I said I don't bring on advertisers uh, as guests I don't have shares or I don't own companies under different names and so on so I'm not selling you anything at all really and I don't give you a spin on things, I might tell you what my Opinion is, but I always give you something to back it up and uh, information that is, or details or documentation. And that's so important today because really we're living in, in a matrix, a true matrix, where what you think is the whole world happens to be one little room and your mind is as compartmentalized as a matrix movie where there are so many layers of rooms and levels of rooms before you get to know what's really going on. And most folk will live their whole lives never ever knowing. Uh, Of the bigger system All around them, within them And above them and below them They never know They fight and die through wars They read the media uh, Mainstream papers, watch television And they're totally indoctrinated They never know they've all been used By people who lived long before they were even born And that's still true today It will will stay true until uh, The ones who run the world with their agenda Have actually completed the whole mission as I say, it's documented too. Um, you understand too. This whole money system, of course, well knows a scam. And uh, Rothschild said it. I don't care who the puppet is in charge of England. This is give me the control of the money, and I'll be in control of the British Empire. And and that, that wasn't just an idle boast. He he came from a long lineage of moneylenders, and he knew exactly what he was talking about. They'd done it long before. And they rule the world today. The ones who put the guys in, have the cash and elect leaders. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and just talking about money and, and uh, the power that it wields, because everything in this world runs on cash, and those who can control cash in central banks, etc., really control the countries and eventually the world. And that's why, of course, they set up the various branches under the guise of the United Nations, the World Bank, private organization. Uh, as is the United Nations, in fact, it's also a private organization and a corporation, actually. And then you find out that IMF, too, is in on it and all the other the ones that were set up to help take over the world. The CIA guys who helped fund the CIA were also big members of the IMF as well. That was one of the ways they decided they would take over the world. So nothing is ever as it seems. But you can certainly find the histories of the, the people involved and, and trace them. You'll find that the big books, as I've mentioned before, if you can't, if you don't read Carol Quigley's *Tragedy and Hope* and his other one, *The Anglo-American Establishment*, there's another book out too. By another author, it was called Foundations of Power and Influence. You should read these, those books and you'll understand how the system is run. But there not a single politician isn't uh, uh, got the ha- it doesn't have the handout to, to the when he's running for election to to the lobbyist guys, the guys who dish out the cash. And it's not cash grants because I like your your smile or something. It's because the strings attached. You're promising uh, that you'll do what they want, and and that's as simple as as it can get. Really, you can't get any no simpler than that. I mean, there's folk who don't want to believe that but that's as simple as you can get it for those you know who can and um, in other words it's corrupt it's a corrupt system and I should laugh at the, the movies that would turn out from the US and old black and white movies which they always played in Britain late nights on Saturdays or Sundays and they, they had um, these old ones on Lincoln and, and uh, that was ended with a little boy standing looking at this giant man, you see, saying, uh, can I be president? He says, oh, yeah, you could be president one day, Sonny. And a and little boy standing in rags, you know, a likely story. But that's that's the sort of stuff that the, the, the guff, I call it the guff, which they, they dish out to the, to the public that anyone can make it. Meanwhile, it's all dependent upon factions that are out for power, who already have power and big manufacturers, some countries involved as well. To make sure you're all on board with the big agenda and uh, and you're you're bought and paid you're a bottom paid man or woman. That's how simple it is. And I've mentioned so many times that the New American Century group I put the links up before with their, their plans of attack across the, the, the Middle East uh, and even going up to Afghanistan, beginning with Afghanistan, then into the Middle East, and then one country after another, and eventually of course Iran as well. And that they're, they're following this is exactly to the letter The same as, um, as they had written it out In the 1990s They published it twice in the 90s This group uh, Very wealthy And very, a very special interest group in fact And of course uh, Obama was congratulated by Rumsfeld A few months ago for, for going along with the same agenda And finishing off the rest of the countries And meanwhile we we'll all sit and play ourselves And look at trivia And we, we don't really think of people getting slaughtered And bombed by the biggest uh, militaries on the planet it uh, doesn't seem to affect us because we're dehumanized You see, we're, we don't live in a reality We can't empathize with others anymore Because we can't tell a fact from fiction anymore But people have watched so many war movies And since about the 80s, uh, early 80s They began to put out these more realistic movies With blood and guts, etc And, and it's, it's very realistic And, uh, and now they can't, really can't tell the difference It doesn't, doesn't bother them at all, to be honest with you And people are hedonistic, uh, as Bertrand Russell said They would be made to be hedonistic, narcissistic And they would live in their own little circle Of where they go, who they meet, etc They they have no cares about other people Therefore, they're they're perfectly managed They're socialized under socialism And they don't even really know it They're they're too dumb to even know that But as I say, it's it's awful to watch country after country Getting uh, the, the gun sight put on them According to the agenda and then plundered, and then all their money looted, in fact, before the bombs start going off because any foreign investments they have are grabbed and plundered by uh, the big three or four countries uh, before it all happens. And no one ever asks where the cash goes then, you see. You understand we're in such incredible corruption that's normal. This is normal. This is normalcy that you take for granted. And then when you join groups to protest, is the cons of money and the power that it wields. Uh, every decent person, really, is all for it. It's just that uh, once they have enough numbers there, the real main group amongst them, just like the Communist Party or the Bolshevik Party used all the socialist groups to, 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 to get gain power, uh, then out comes the main ones behind it all, who hijack it and then come out with a manifesto for the world. The same old names as we've heard most of our lives. And so everyone's getting used and used. And I always tell people, don't get used. Don't don't disjoin something because they say the right things. That's what politicians do. They say all the right things to get elected. Same with the leaders that are sent out to get numbers. Numbers to back them up, to give world spectacles, to try and change everyone's opinion. And then you end up with something totally different than you started with. That's what always happens. Always. It's an ancient technique, actually. Ancient technique. And I can remember talking to a communist guy who used to come into Canada and the States quite often. And he was from Britain. And uh, I'd somehow been asked to, to sing it some Do I didn't know it was all these socialist groups, left-wing groups. Mind you, there's some big players here too, uh, for music that is. And I was asked to play at it. Afterwards, we went into a sort of back room, and, uh, and this woman brought me in. And I guess everybody thought I was one of them. I didn't know what one of them was. And until this English guy came in straight from Moscow, and, and he says, he started leaning down the lines, we've got to get all the networking going, he says, we've got to get the homosexuals together with the Islamists, with the Sikhs, etc. And, pro- and we almost come together for every protest that we have in Canada. And that was the beginning of that. And I, and, and I says, well, you you might bring all these groups together? And I was really stunned, I didn't know what he's talking about. And um, he says, "Oh yeah, we've got to get the numbers in. We've got to get the numbers." He says, "Then we can get the real plan out once we've got the numbers here and get enough attention in the media." And sure enough, I started to watch television a little bit, the news, and you saw the same people, the, uh, the same people, the, the bunch of Sikhs. There was a homosexual group. It was different. They turned up for all these left-wing causes all together. That was some, That was the networking they were talking about. So, and what amazed me even further at that time, was I thought, this guy really is, he just come from the University of Moscow, right? He travels between England, Canada, and and, uh, the US with impunity, never gets stopped or anything else. And then I realised, the whole darn thing's a con. In other words, socialism was being, was to be used to bring in the system, and we know now, of course, from various writings and exposés that the, that the big banking boys themselves, the fraternity at the top, are the ones who created and financed all forms of socialism from the beginning. Because it's much easier to control a world of socialized people under massive bureaucracies and governments and, and police and all the rest of it than it is in a free society. It's much easier for the banker to deal right with governments then and give them lots and lots of loans because all the socialist systems have massive welfare stakes. So yeah, this is how the, the world really works. It's hard for some people to understand it, but of course it doesn't matter about those people because indoctrination has worked too too perfectly upon them. Some people can wake up, a lot can't, actually most can't, I think in all ages, to be honest with you. Now, as I say, they're going going to attack Iran shortly, and um, Syria too has has been massively uh, infiltrated, and different factions fighting within each other. That's what they do, is send in the, the insurgents first. But getting back to other things, too, Japan just disappeared, of course, when they they started to bomb Libya. On the day they bombed Libya, Japan just didn't exist anymore. Up until then, it was mainstream because there was nothing else to talk about at the time. And uh, we know that Japan had one of the worst um, contamination spills of of, of all time, really, still going on. And uh, lots of people have died. Lots of people will die. Uh, Lots have come down with diseases in the future, radiation-related, and um, terrible destruction of property as well. And uh, we don't hear much about it, but this article here is about radiation covers 8% of Japan, it says. It says the Fukushima plant went in a meltdown after the massive earthquake and tsunami hit the country in March. But it says Japan's science ministry says, 8% of the country's surface area has been contaminated by radiation from the crippled Fukushima nuclear plant. More than 30,000 square kilometers of the country has been blanketed by radioactive cesium. The ministry says most of the contamination was caused by four large plumes of radiation spewed out by the Fukushima nuclear plant in the first two weeks after a meltdown. Actually, it's a lot more because it was going on long, long after that. And so anyway, so the government says some of the radioactive material fell with rain and snow, leaving the affected areas with accumulations of more than 10,000 bicarals of cesium per square metre. And they're talking about um, possibly having to ban the rice harvest to the north, That's a lot of rice because they don't really depend on rice up there and uh, that's going to leave them awfully, awfully low. And of course they can export it as well. So it's pretty sad that uh, they're sort of out of the picture because, and no one cares, do we? We don't really care. It's amazing too, it's, it's like the old things. I can remember going, going way back to when there were famines in different parts of the world when I was young. And uh, the media were just going to overdrive and show you all these poor, starving people, and all the cash would come out the wallets, and uh, the, the, the pennies would just chink away, and you, you try to do something. But the same media that can get you, stir your emotions, just like movies—you cry, you laugh, all the rest of it—can just change its attention, its focus to somewhere else, just like that, and you forget all about it. What does, what does that say about us? What does that say about us, eh? And people's memories. Or emotions for that matter, transitory emotions. You know, generated by television and, and specialists, uh, who, uh, specialists in generating those emotions. <laughs> Same emotions can be generated to hate a country as well. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Meanwhile they're telling you not to hate anybody that hates bad, but, but it's okay for us all to collectively to hate a country because the media tells them how bad they are. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, they're, they're horrible. The, you know, I can remember all the, the terms they used for different countries, even when Reagan was in, and before that, uh, they used that down through uh, time, where they, where they, where they really demonise a country, the Great Satan, and, and they kept changing their, again their gun sights then too, just like they do today, one country after another. Now we're going into, we're actually into, a, a, well into this totalitarian system. Uh, terrorism is going to be with you forever. Uh, this is the the name of the system to control you all across the whole planet. They need it to control the planet, as everyone is brought under control. And we'll talk about that when I come back from this break. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix. And... We're into the age, of course, of advanced technology. The stuff we're getting told about, of course, that they're working on is always... Obsolete, in fact, because of they've, they've done these things a long, long time ago. All war programs go the same way. They always give you stuff that, that they've used long ago and in isolated cases or tested out or used, and then they tell you years later that's the latest thing. That's how you do things. It's always been that way in warfare. Most of the things, even in World War II, that fake airfields, fake planes, and so on, it wasn't to fool the Germans coming over, it was to fool the people living around about the area <laughs> so they wouldn't open their mouths and give the real truth away. They thought, oh, there's an airplane there was really old planes there. It was all fake stuff. And then they used to give fake uh, uh, advanced weaponry uh, uh, releases out to the Germans too, thinking, oh, we'll never beat these guys because they've got all this advanced weaponry. Germany did the same thing. So you can never believe them. And then you find way after the war, they were using infrared and for for communication, microwave communication, and, and even heat-seeking devices during World War Two, we didn't hear about it till they gave us a microwave many years later to cook with. So it's, it's always been that way. You must deceive the people first. But uh, we're also going into monitoring. Of course, everything is monitoring today, from from birth to death. He said that. Oh. When I was small, I says it's under socialism's world socialism system, I'll be constant monitoring from birth to death. And this article here says, upon arriving in the morning, according to the Associated Press, each student at the CCC George Miller Preschool will don a jersey stitch with an RFID chip. As the children go about the business of learning, sensors in the school record their movements, collecting attendance for both classes and meals. And officials from the school have claimed they're only recording information they're required to provide while receiving federal funds for their Head Start program. So the feds are behind it all, and they want to track and trace every child, and also get those children used to being tracked and traced. You understand, you have to train them young. And that's why they started training them years ago under the, under the, the, the guise of violence and, and bringing nail files to school or, or, you know, nail clippers or anything at all for that matter. They had to go through all these, these magnetic, uh, uh, censoring devices to train them for eventually what would become 9-11 and more intrusion to those children. They adapted right into that at airports without, without a thought. They're already trained in advance, you see. I always train them in advance. You know Lenin said it sort of Stalin. You know that you always train the children first for the kind of society they are going to have when they grow up, and it's only the ones who are older who haven't gone through that or get all offended. So we're all trained, you see, and here that the children are getting trained to be tracked and traced uh, all the time, and that they're. And what's really interesting to me is see their their foods, uh, their meals at school will be automatically deducted and 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 registered via this chip as well. And that's what they're getting them used to uh, a completely cashless and electronic society. And for the time when they'll eventually get credits, as a, as veteran Russell said, they would worldwide as a control mechanism. And if you're tracked and traced, and you weren't where you should be, you'd be punished by the withholding of credits. This is from a guy who said that, but 50, 60 years ago, who was in on the big plans, of course. But I'll put these links up tonight just to let you see them and. Uh, It's good to, you know, I'm not talking off the the top of my head, too. And then you find, of course, the big news today is that that ClimateGate 2, or the sequel, has come along with with thousands of more uh, emails to do with how they fudged all the statistics, and how they said they'd have to staff the IPCC at the United Nations with guys who are all true believers and get rid of all the other ones. And it won't matter. I said that the first one's time too with, with the uh, Climate Gate 1. Uh, this is an agenda and they, they aren't going to change it for anything. And it's essential for this global government and the massive taxation uh, that they plan to get from it and the carbon trading the big corporations will use. And more importantly, the power it will hold over everyone because you are going to pay for existing. Just like uh, George Bernard Shaw said from the Fabian Society, you have to go to them and tell them why you should be allowed to live. You must contribute everything to society. You cost money, you cost, you take food, clothing, all these things from the earth. You will pay for that, you see. That's what it's about. And, of course, you even have the emails in here where they say some things like this, where they say that it actually equates it with the redistribution of wealth across the world, which, of course, is communism. And, as I say, the big international bankers are the ones who funded all forms of socialism, communism, uh, Hitler, uh, Stalin, uh, Lenin before them. They funded it all. And, of course, Anthony Sutton did great books on this fact, uh, documentation uh, from uh, some of the top sources on it all, too. So it's all verified Hard for most folks to still believe because they prefer to believe in, I don't know, Disney or something like that. But that there's one here, as I say, from Joe Nova Science. Very good article on it there. And then we get the Telegraph uh, blogs as well. This is our oh, global warming loons. Here comes ClimateGate 2. And it's got all the links to download the stuff as well. Uh, if you want to, to do that, I don't have high enough speed to download it myself. There's so much of it there. And there's another one. What's up with that? Of course, he gets a lot of it out with more links where you download it, zip files, etc. I'll put these links up tonight at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And you can go through them at your leisure. Let's so see, it won't change a thing. It's already up and running. This carbon taxation, you'll see it in Australia. And, uh, Gillard has told them, you know, just, just get used to it. You know, if things, and she actually she said, if things are bad now, just you wait. <laughs> that's what she said, eh? So, uh, and they've also banned anybody talking about it in Australia. Isn't that wonderful, eh? that, That's, that's the new, the new normal now. You can't talk about it. it's just copying the Soviet Union. But uh, what am I to do right now There's a couple of guys hanging on there there's, there's Darren from Ireland Hanging on the line there I'll see if I can get a, a hold of him here Are you there Darren?
1: Hello Alan, how are you today?
0: Not bad at all yeah. Oh, I tell you, hold on The music's coming in I can't stop it <laughs> It's automatic I'll talk to you when I come back from this break Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix talking to Darren from Ireland. Are you still there, Darren? I am Alan. Not bad at all, yeah.
1: Um, I was reading. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, uh, Plato's Symposium. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a very interesting. If your listeners would ever have a chance to pick it up, it's a. Uh, they kind of go in their conversational piece they do kind of go through the their god and their uh, their religion. And I'm just going to read a quick quote from from this um, in the middle of the book, where uh, he's explaining their god being both male and male. And he and in the section I'll just read it quickly. It says, "But they who are a section of the male, following the male, and while they are young, slices of the original man, they hang hang out they hang about men and embrace them. And they themselves, are the best of boys and youths, because they're the most manly in nature. And uh, in the rest of the book, I guess it's I guess it's the psychopaths themselves trying to you know uh, justify why the. By the um you know to have a thing for a young young boys and uh yeah. a very quick read and an interesting book and um I just haven't it been mentioned before, but uh I think if anyone has a chance to pick it up, they should re- really quickly pick it up
0: yeah you can also re- what you read too is uh i mean plato uh, the, the great Plato that gave us the, uh, the a kind of blueprint a vague blueprint for this world agenda, the republic. The book, *The Republic*. He also wrote um, uh, a how-to book to seduce young boys for one of his friends, and that's big. That's big up in certain factions of today's society. It's very, very popular uh, f- uh, for certain factions. But uh, yeah, how to seduce young boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I'm going to re- read something quickly out. Um just about, uh, it's from the Book of Duncow. It's one of the annals of uh, Ireland. Um, it's an old book about maybe the story itself from this book is a thousand years old, but it's to do with, I guess, well, I guess your listeners can put the pieces together, but with America. Now, we all know that, that they all say in the history books that or Columbus or Christopher or Columbi discovered uh, America, but if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly read this out. It's just a small poem. It's actually a beautiful piece of poem. But uh, kind of gives it a hint away that they're talking about America. Yeah. Um, this uh, this is from the Book of Duncan, which tells the which tells how the Prince Conla Con- Con- of the Golden Haired Son of King Con, <laughs> I guess that's a funny word in Con, mm-hmm. um, the Hundred Fighter, was carried off by a fa- by a fairy in a crystal boat to Molly to Meamail. One day, as the story relates, while the King of Conlan and his nobles were standing on the crystal shore, this crystal boat apparently appears on the shore. And this maiden comes off and tries to enchant this uh, prince onto the boat. And the uh, poem goes like this. It's the fairy maiden's chant to the Prince Conan. A land of youth, a land of rest, a land of sorrow free. It lies far off in the golden west on the verge of the azure sea. A swift canoe of crystal bright that never met mortal view. We shall reach the land that year fall of night in my strong and swift canoe. We shall reach the strand of sunny land from delas and demons free, the land of rest in the golden west on the verge of the azure sea, a pleasant land of winding veils, bright steams and verdurous plains, where summer all, summer all the lo- li- life long year in change of splendor reigns, a peaceful land of calm delight and everlasting bloom, old age and death were never known, no sickness, care, no gloom, a land of youth and the go- of love and truth, from pain and sorrow free, the land of rest in the golden west and the verge of the azure sea. There, there are strange lights in mor- for mortal men in the island of the west. The sun comes down each evening in the lo- lovely vales to rest. And there far and dim on the ocean's rim, if it seems to mortal's view, we shall reach its halls, ere even falls in my strong and swift canoe. And evermore the virgin shore, a happy home shall be, the land of rest in the golden west and the verge of the azure sea. Bilgari gentle con, con- la, of the flowing golden hair will guard thee from the druids and the demons of the air my crystal boat will guard thee till we reach the western shore where thou and i enjoy and love shall live forevermore from the druids incantation and from their black and deadly snare from the withering in of the demon of the air they will guard thee gentle Conla, of the golden flowing hair my crystal boat will guard thee till we reach the silver strand where thou shalt reign in endless joy the king of fairyland uh, and that's from an old Celtic romance, I think it was translated by Dr. Joyce in the 1800s. Yes. And I oh, yeah. can't really find out there, but it uh, kind of tells a lot, because uh, yeah. I, think, I think you mentioned a book before, I think uh, America, B.C., where they actually is going right. through, through the ruins.
0: That's right. Uh, that was by a, a Dr. Fells, Barry Fells, uh, America, B.C. has got two or three out, actually. And it's uh, no—I know for a fact because I've seen them—that there's Phoenician um, um, stones, carved stones in Phoenician writing along the coast of Scotland, for instance. But they also had them across uh, along Canada and the States as well, especially the Eastern Seaboard. And uh, so the Phoenicians were here long before that. And they even had some a couple, uh, some Roman coins from ancient Rome uh, alongside the graves as well. So there's been different peoples here at different times, no doubt about it. And I think even uh, with some of the, the standing stones I've found as well, uh, there was some kind of ancient... Uh, uh, world's connection or culture at one time across the whole planet. There's too many standing stones uh, built the same way too. Uh, the megalithic structures, of course, same type of uh, support system they put in the walls. Um, that's no coincidence. So, down through the ages, there's definitely been uh, the traversing of the seas in ancient times uh, before they gave us what they call civilization. <laughs> uh, probably the money system. <laughs>
1: Uh, I just want to make a quick note uh, to most people who who, uh, who join these groups and, and fight for uh, some some sort of past that n- never was. And I guess this is the people of Ireland as well who who've been constantly struggling, fighting. Even in, in the olden days of of Ireland, um, there was a, there was still kings and there was still nobles. So um, uh, people keep fighting for a system that's been always there. And this, I guess, the system that they fight for was never there. So. I think people have to stop looking at the past and, and try to look beyond the future and not the planned future that uh, they're falling into as well. And uh, on true. Australia, the point of Australia we're making there, it's funny because Australia now is a, uh, a boiling pot now, and especially in Ireland, everyone's uh, immigrating over to Australia and, and from here and, I guess, England as well. And I, I, I found it funny because in the olden days, they were putting, they were putting uh, you know the Gaelic people on the boat to go to Australia by, by gunpoint and, and now people are um, just freely, freely going over there just because it's...
0: Because it's so bad in Britain. <laughs> That's right, I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous, eh? Because uh, people don't realise too that the helm clearance is going on at the same time as they were basically clearing Ireland out as well, and the, the judicial system brought out hundreds and hundreds of laws because people were so poor at the time. If you stole a loaf of bread, that guaranteed you transportation or deportation to Australia, and uh, uh, that's how they populated Australia. It was a prison colony, a Valdemons land they called it. And um, it's funny enough. I know I know a guy who who did he did the the, the, the album covers for Led Zeppelin, and uh, he lived up near me at one point. And uh, he loved he loved to poach. This was like a, a, th- a weird thing he had. He loved to poach rabbits. And uh, he got out and, at night and he poach rabbits with a net and a ferrets. And he got caught on one of the lord's lands there. And uh, so he was going to court. Uh, and, and so he, he looked into the court case, to the court laws to see what would happen to him. And he found one that, that where you could still be deported with your family to Australia. <laughs> For poaching on the Lord, for getting a rabbit on the Lord's land, so he turned up at court for a laugh, and I went along with him too, uh, with his suitcases all set, and and he demanded free transportation just to oh you know, yeah, <laughs> he got he got fined about five quid, and that was it, you know. <laughs> but that, that, these laws are still in the books, and, and now Britain is such a, an awful, awful shambling mess. There's no culture at all It's under multiculturalism. There is no culture which is exactly what they wanted, these big boys. And um, and, and it's, it's, it's miserable. People are living in misery and depression, uh, and they've never really known freedom. They've always been at the mercy of the, the worst latest news, which is always worse than last news, and everything's getting more expensive, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and they're taxed out to high heaven. And, uh, and and I, that's why i are trying to get out of Britain now. It's such an awful, awful mess. I can't see any future for it, you know.
1: Yeah. And uh, actually, yeah, a quick question. The Irish flag, it's the very same colours as the Indian flag. And uh, they gave us this uh, funny story of what it really means, But uh, do, you, do you know what them green, white and gold means? Or does it have any... Uh...
0: They, they, had, they had a different meaning in those days than they have today. Um, today, today is capitalistic now, but before that, it was, it was the, a different system altogether. They go way back to even Druidic times, uh, and in the modern system, uh, white always stood for spirit, you know, and a connection to the deity. Uh, gold also means to be ruled by royalty, unfortunately, and uh, uh, and, and the money system, you know. So uh, it's different today than it used to be in, in ancient times. Um, it was far more, again, poetic in ancient times and nothing nasty about it. Today everything is pretty nasty, uh, because Kabbalism rules the system that we do live in, there's no doubt about it whatsoever. Yeah. It's sad, it's a bit true, yeah.
1: I think it's it's pretty, it is pretty sad, but um I think, like, I've noticed, you always mentioned, you talk about India when, when the English moved out, they moved out while leaving an, uh, an English system behind. Yeah. And they did the exact same thing in Ireland. Um, yeah. You know, and, and people, you know, you mention English here and there, and there's always still a kind of a bickering, you know, but at the same time, we live in the exact same system and the same yeah. state that England has left us in. And
0: it's, uh, it's just a funny. That, that goes back, and this is, this is law, this is actually English law. Uh, and it was it was drafted up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Uh, Lord Mountbatten, in fact, during World War II and before World War II, uh, when he still had a hold of India, uh, he was put out there to champion it and, and, and fix it out. But he said, "It's our policy or law, he says, never to leave one of our colonies until we've inserted this exact same political structure as England itself. And that's what they did. Once you had the kind of, uh, one, one generation trained to be bureaucrats with extra perks, uh, the Masonic Lodge, of course, and everything else, then they would, they could draw out and leave it. And, and that's the same, to be the same with every other British colony. But they will never ever just walk out and lead it, but they go back to what it was. They always put that structure in. And that's why they're still, uh, they're still called parts of the British Commonwealth. And the, the term British Commonwealth was also invented by the Milner Group, of bankers who became the Royal Institute of International Affairs. So this is their policy for well over a 100 years. Yeah, you're quite right. In India, they have that perfect setup there of, of, of bureaucrats um, with the exact same structure and tier system of bureaucracy going up to the top. Yeah.
1: And it's funny that you mention the, the, the sonic structures because from the parliament building in, in, uh, in Dublin, Three doors down, the second largest Masonic lodge is, is just sitting there. And <laughs> yeah. I found it ironic one day that someone pointed it out to me. And you know, it's just funny that no one ever uh, really mentions this at all.
0: No, no, they don't mention things.
1: People just I don't mention it out of it. It's literally, uh, you could literally, it's like walking down one. It's like you can, I, I don't know how it's just literally about five meters, I'd say, from the parliament building, this big, you know, huge building, and even. The arches out as well onto the onto the road. It's it's just yes. you know people just walk by it every day, and I guess you know I guess It's probably just think of some nice char- charitable organisation.
0: That's the image they put out, yeah. Just a bunch of guys getting together for charity, uh, and yet that is a core part of the system of of, uh, of um, rulership uh, for this uh, royal system. Yeah.
1: I was in there. I was in there having a walk around, and uh, you know what. At that time, I didn't know much about it, and I've heard all the, you know, the rumours on the internet. And of course, the internet can fill you with a lot of things, but the guy there was very nice, and it, this is a funny story. Um, we got this tour, we got this tour of the place. It's a, it's a beautiful place, Like, but he he mentioned a few things that really kind of knocked me off guard. He mentioned that in the 1916 rise in England, that, or in Ireland, that it was over, it was taken by the Irish, but it was, they left it perfectly as it was found, and never left a scratch in it. And another point is, there was an American man, who actually came here to visit it as well, and he mentioned that he—I he, presume he was a high degree because he mentioned kind of offhand—and uh, my uh, my tour guide, the guy that was there at reception, he kind of looked at him strange. But he said, um, kind of mentioned that he was there for uh, Prince Charles's or was Prince William's inauguration mm-hmm. into the, the lodge, and uh, your man kind of looked at him as if uh, you know why 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 would you just say that to you know me, obviously the profane walking into that. Yeah. Place. Um, I just thought
0: it was a funny, funny thing. Oh, it for yeah, he meant to, his, to
1: be a great yeah. charitable organisation, you know. And at the time, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, he really had me like gone. I was like, wow, this actually might be not what I thought. But I, I don't really, you know, you have to look at both sides, you know. I was going to jump in, jump onto yes. the rails and let the train hit me.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you're quite right, though. It's, uh, it's prevalent through all societies. And uh, all through court systems uh, across the whole the, 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 the Masonic world, you, know, you see all the gestures in the courts all the time between the sheriff and the clerks and the lawyers and the judges and all their little hand signals and and it's under uh,
1: nice Anglo anglo vices.
0: Yes, uh, I absolutely. That I went
1: to look at a court, courtroom one day just to just to see what it goes on. And this judge, um, I'm, I'm sure he was a a, a boggerer from the middle of Ireland, came out with this very. Proper, prim and proper Anglo accent and I, I, I was stunned, you know I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't stand up for the man, uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. I did get a few looks thrown at me, but that's all I want to say, Alan, I just want to say thanks and, and to everyone else there uh, that's listening, to buy the books, the discs, and um, donate to yourself, Alan, and I just yes. want to thank you very much.
0: Well, thanks for calling and call again. Thank you. Definitely, thank you. Thank you, but it's, it's true, it's a Masonic system and uh, Ireland's been plagued uh, with uh, with the royalty and its Masonic system for centuries, actually. But it's, it's true enough, too. It's interesting going back to the, the histories of Ireland and Scotland. And you, you'll find that, um, uh, that, yeah, they had kings or nobles uh, and uh, uh, lairds and all the rest of it. But, uh, again, the money system came in pretty early. Uh, it, it vanished for a while uh, when the Romans pulled out, when Rome occupied it, uh, parts of England. Uh, but eventually they came back in, and next thing you knew uh, that they, they brought in the money lenders with them because the money lenders were in, were in charge of the roman army 's uh, uh, monetary monetary systems or quartermasters they call them, and they took the debts and they took all the uh, what was owed to whom, etc, and then they presented their bill back to the head Hootspa in Rome and got their, their cash. And then they were allowed to introduce cash into the system, get the people to use it, then tax it back from them uh, through usury, etc. So, and they were the tax collectors. The same guys were the tax collectors, collectors. And for centuries, that's why that one group was actually hated by the, the ordinary people. The king didn't send his guys out to collect the taxes. The actually, money lenders that came in from abroad had to go around and collect it from the people themselves. Quite a, quite a history there. But that's the way things are, and but yeah, what a what a history when you think about it of chronologies, I say, and money is the the, the key. And, and then again, too, when the money system comes into a new country, you see, as it did in days of old, uh, with the armies, uh, they had big building projects. They always start off with build big building projects, big roads for the military and different things, then big buildings to all the peasantry, and then you're stuck with this usury system and taxes. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about the climate gate scandals and we've got part two, the sequel uh, coming up, of course, and it's out now. I'll put all these links up tonight. Remember at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you can look them up and download them before they disappear as well. Uh, I've mentioned before you have all these climate specialists, climate uh, journalists they call them now. Appointed themselves to every newspaper. You've got to be green now, you see. And at one time green meant you were going to be sick. But anyway, it says a senior BBC journalist accepted £15,000 in grants from the university at the heart of the climate gate scandal, and later went on to cover the story without declaring an interest to the viewers. Roger Harabin. Interesting name, the BBC's environmental analyst used the money from the University of East Anglia's Tyndale Centre for Climate Change Research to fund an ad hoc partnership he ran with a friend. Mr Harabin, an influential figure who both broadcasts and advises other BBC journalists, later reported extensively about Climategate. The scandal erupted two years ago when the emails were leaked from the Tyndale Centre's sister department, the Climatic Research Unit at the same university. The leaks left the scientific community in disarray after claims that key data was manipulated in the run-up to a major climate change summit. So, if you wonder again, money again, eh? They're all on the take, and uh, of course, the, these these climate specialists that work with the, for the newspapers, a cushy job, eh? Um, just pushing uh, windmills and all that kind of stuff, and and uh, and, and coming down on the so-called deniers. the borrowed different terminology, which works very well and it's also cycle techniques as well. But anyway, last night Mr. Harabin insisted he does not derive any personal financial benefit from the grants and that far from making him more sympathetic to the UAEA, the sponsorship of which the BBC has been aware made me doubly determined to investigate Climategate. If I had been misled by the UEA, I wanted to be among the first to know, and that's what you always do for a good defence as you attack, you see. These guys are taught to attack immediately and <laughs> do it very well. But uh, they're all on the take, of course, and uh, all these scientists are also, on, depending upon grants, and the grants keep flowing Millions have been thrown at them And they're living awfully well And if ever fails of course They're back on the dole uh, Looking for another grant Or some other area I mean who, who who needs lots of weathermen You know What did a weatherman get paid Before all this came up You know not a lot It wasn't a very You didn't see hundreds of folk Going, going to become weather specialists And all this kind of stuff beforehand They were lucky to get Unless uh, they joined the Masons And had relatives in the BBC They wouldn't get a job and give you the weather after the news. But really, that's the reality of it. It's all chronology, but a bigger plan is to rule the world, and to rule every individual, as basically H.G. Wells talked about. They need techniques to rule the individual, and of course the Fabian Society said the same thing. And you'll have to pay, pay, pay just for the the privilege of breathing, you know, and for all that CO2 you breathe out or how much it it, it costs to make that shirt you're wearing and you pay all the taxes on that for fuel and the carbon it's supposed to have produced in, in the making of it. I'm not kidding. That's what it's all about. But as I say, I'll put these links up. And uh, the one with Australia, too, where, where Gillard's using the old communist technique. Under communism, everything that was printed had to go through a central bureau for censorship. And basically, uh, this article is basically uh, basically uh, saying it's much the same in Australia now, where retailers are not allowed to say how much carbon tax they're going to pay or you're going to pay when you buy things. It's, it's going to be taboo. And, and, uh, Julia won't be too happy about it at all. It's amazing how they tell you these things a hundred years beforehand, and here they come with it. And even, even when you warn folk, they won't believe you. And when it actually happens, they'll say, yeah, but they'll never say you were right. They'll never say you were right. <laughs> strange, strange creatures, human beings, aren't they? From Hamish Mussel from Ontario, Canada. It's yes, good night, may God, your gods go with you. Remember to If you buy the books and discs, etc., I can hang on a bit longer. I'm selling you nothing else, and I'm not promoting products, etc. Just trying to get you awake, at least a few of you, because it's more important that individually you understand the system. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow.